Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show right here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me today. I appreciate it. Um, So, hey, I forgot yesterday. Okay, so I was a little confused. I thought it was uh, yesterday. Then I thought it was today. Then I looked again, and it was actually yesterday. Yesterday was my one-year anniversary of returning to TNT. So um, uh, I should have said it yesterday, but then I was confused by, I think it's the uh, time zones. Time zones give me a major headache. Trying to keep track of um, Australia's time zones and the UK's time zone, my own time zone, keep all that straight it's exhausting i don't like it um so uh but hey happy anniversary to me one year uh back at tnt for those of you that didn't know um i started with tnt i think in march of 2022 um and i was here until about september i think september october um i got pummeled by life (laughs) for a little bit um so i took an extended break and then i came back uh last february so i'm very excited to be back it's been a great year it flew by like i can't believe it's been a year but it's been a year so here we are um so Thanks for tuning in to hang out with me for the past year. I appreciate it. Um, okay, a couple quick things before we dive in. First of all, guest tonight, Amber King uh, from Aurora Media. She's fantastic. She was actually, um, for those of you who have been following me for a while, uh, the big, I think it was October of 2022, we did the huge rally in Washington, D.C. Uh, for Julian Assange, and she was my co MC. I guess you would call it, my co-host uh, of the rally. She helped me introduce the speakers and things like that. So, um, But she is a fantastic activist and journalist and all of that stuff. She's actually going to be going to London for the Assange hearings next week. So uh, we're going to talk about that and whatever else happens to come up. But uh, so that's who we have coming on tonight. She will be uh, here momentarily. But a couple quick things on the Assange front before we dive into the show. First of all, um, we've talked about this before. My friend Halo Benson, she's been on the show uh, prior. Um, She is a fantastic activist from Tulsa. Um, She's been on the ground for Assange for Ever. I think over a decade, um, uh, she's been doing really fantastic things in Tulsa. Um, and she does uh, these little boxes. We just call them activism in a box. And it's essentially just a box filled with postcards for your elected representatives, letters to elected representatives, um, a script for phone calls, um, all of those things that you uh, might need in order to do like just some really basic and easy activism. And if you want one, you can contact her and then she will send them out. So she, um, if you want to go to Twitter at Halo Benson. Um, she has a GoFundMe up to help with uh, the cost for that, getting stuff printed, stamps, uh, shipping, all of that. So if you would like to contribute to that, or if you would like, you can also request a box as well if you would like to get involved. Um, she does everything for your specific area. So you just tell her where you're from and she will fill everything out for your specific representative. She does a really great job with that. So um, if you can, please contribute to that. Also, we talked um, a couple weeks ago about the billboard trucks with Randy Credico. Those are on the streets starting today. So cool. They're huge. Um, and they actually light up at night. So uh, that's going to be really awesome. There's two of them. Um, if you want to go to at Credico Randy, C-R-E-D-I-C-O Randy, um, he has been tweeting out pictures and videos um, uh, of the trucks in the streets. So uh, we did that fundraiser. Uh, we didn't raise as much as we were hoping, um, but we raised enough to get the trucks out for at least uh, the days leading up to the uh, hearings next week. So the trucks look amazing. They're super cool. Uh, so go check those out and uh, and and see how they look in the streets of New York. Um, obviously, uh, lots of eyeballs in New York City. So it's really cool. And then also, I just wanted to bring up the fact that um, the Australian Parliament recently, I think it was yesterday, passed a motion 86 
to 42. Uh, it was put by independent MP Andrew Wilkie, who is a longtime very vocal supporter of Julian Assange. Uh, and this was about, it said that the incarceration for extradition of Julian Assange has gone on for too long. The UK and USA should bring the matter to a close so that Mr. Assange can return home to his family. Um, and Wilkie tweeted out, I successfully moved a motion to recognize the importance of bringing Julian Assange's extradition to an end. The government voted for it in an unprecedented show of political support for Julian. The U.S. must heed these calls and drop the extradition. And that is uh, unbelievable, kind of. Um, you know, as somebody who's been uh, pretty heavily involved in the Assange stuff for a long time, uh, the idea that the Australian Parliament just passed a motion 86 to 42 in support of Julian Assange blows my mind. It's so cool uh, to see the uh, momentum shift, to see the narrative shift. Um, listen, don't get it twisted. I have very little, um, I'm very cynical and I, I realize what we're up against and we're certainly punching above our weight class here. Um, but seeing the um, the support grow, seeing the way that, uh, you know, especially shout out to the activists in Australia, they have done a fin they don't get near enough credit in my opinion um they've done a phenomenal job lobbying their politicians really putting pressure on them really making this an issue uh that they cannot avoid and um they don't get enough credit they don't get enough um uh, support. They don't get, I mean, they're doing all of this very grassroots, um, uh, even like official support. They don't get a ton. So um, uh, uh, credit to them, shout out to them. And uh, uh, thank you to everyone who voted in favor of this. And of course, to Andrew Wilkie and David, David Shoebridge and other um, uh, members of the Australian Parliament who have been longtime supporters. Uh, who've been very vocal in their support. Uh, it's certainly making a difference. So, um, okay, don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack, mistywinston.substack.com. Write it for the guests of the day every day so that you can find, follow, and support their work as well. And if you would like, uh, shoot me an email, mistywinston at tntradio.live. Guest idea, show idea. I just got two new guest ideas today. Uh, I love that stuff. So thank you. Keep those coming. Um, but if you just have a question, comment, rant, whatever, hit me up and I will try to get back to you. And while you're at it, why not give TNT Radio Radio a follow. We are on all the major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. And you can help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk TNT. Abroad or at home, this is your news. By staying silent, we are part of the problem. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. All right. Several CBS News reporters were caught up in layoffs at Paramount Global that claimed eight hundred jobs. This is happening a lot lately, including Catherine Herridge, an award-winning senior correspondent who was embroiled in a high-stakes First Amendment fight. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Uh, Ruckus, my friend, this seems to be happening more and more um, across mainstream media. I'm seeing it. It does. And, you know, uh, time will tell in this case, but it seems to be actually working out good for the people who leave the mainstream media outlets and go do their own thing. So, Keep that in mind. Uh, but yep. yes, the news, I mean, wow, 800 folks, uh, this 800 employees, Paramount Global, the parent company of CBS. Uh, but yes, uh, Karen, I mean, Karen, excuse me, Catherine, <laughs> Catherine Herridge, uh, Emmy winning, Emmy nominated senior investigative correspondent, a household name known for her coverage of national security and intelligence Matters as of today is uh, looking for a job, I imagine. On Tuesday, CBS parted 
ways with Heritage CBS News, that is. That is. Um, some of her most recent reports include uh, new allegations against President Joe Biden uh, and the battle to release the transcripts of Biden's interviews with special counsel Robert Herr, but I'm sure that has nothing to do with it. Uh, anyway, um, of course, that's the uh, the uh, the talking point right now is like, see, she's reporting these things about Biden and then she loses her job. But you never know. Uh, she was seemingly caught up in a mass layoff, which impacted approximately 800 employees at Paramount Global. As I mentioned, the are the um, parent company of CBS News uh, sources who spoke with The New York Post alleged that the axing of Heritage was not simply a cost cutting measure. You don't say so <laughs> what did the Post have to say about this? Uh, I'm going to read one paragraph uh, from their source, I mean, their reporting, which says sources said Herridge had clashed with CBS News President Ingrid Cyprian Matthews, a sharp elbowed executive who was investigated in 2021 over favoritism and discriminatory hiring and management practices, as revealed by the Post. A source told the Post, quote, Cyprian Matthews got rid of her enemies under the guise of budget cuts. She cleared the deck and she had to sacrifice some others like CBS News correspondent Jeff Peguz, end quote. Um, now, the Blaze Media says before joining CBS News in 2019, Herridge had worked at Fox News since its inception in 1996. Herridge was a widely respected journalist who often reported on topics the legacy media ignored. It was a shock then that Herridge was chosen as one of the reported 20 journalists at CBS News to be laid off. Uh, her surprise termination was widely eulogized on social media at CBS News's expense. Uh, journalist Michael Schellenberger uh, said, quote, CBS News was one of the most respected names in journalism. That's no longer the case. Today, it fired Catherine Herridge, who is facing financial ruin and even prison for pr protecting her sources. Herridge is a hero. CBS execs have behaved cowardly shame on them end quote uh journalist greta van susteren says quote cbs is stupid and cruel i might add ceo's boss makes 32 million plus a year and yesterday the company laid off katherine harridge great reporter slash incredible sources slash honest is he really worth 32 million that the company loses great reporters question mark End quote. Uh, Megan McCain says, quote, Catherine Herridge is a national treasure and a journalistic hero. Old media is destroying herself. I can't tell you what an insane move it is for CBS News to let her go, particularly during an election year. End quote. And finally, I'll share what law professor Jonathan, Jonathan Turley says, quote, this is terrible news for the network and a sign of the professional atrophy that is accelerating at various media organizations. Herridge was wonderfully old school in insisting on objectivity and balance in her reporting, end quote. And uh, finally, Herridge, meanwhile, is at the center of a high stakes First Amendment case in which a judge has ordered her to reveal a source for a story she reported during her tenure at Fox News. And thus far, Herridge has refused and a judge has even threatened to hold her in contempt of court. So she sticks to the things that matter, Misty. We've reported about that First uh, Amendment battle here, I think, on your show 
Uh, but what is your comment? What do you have to say about how stupid it is for CBS to get rid of somebody as great as Arridge? Well, I mean, first of all, I love Greta Van Susteren for saying just straight up CBS is stupid. Like that made me giggle a little bit. Uh, just very blunt. And that's my style. So I like that. But yeah, listen, this is we've seen this. This has kind of been uh, snowballing over the past couple of years. Um, really in the past, like six to nine months, probably we've seen a ton of media layoffs in the mainstream, uh, mostly surrounding, I think, newspapers and things like that, which that's not surprising. Uh, newspapers are dying. That's just the reality of the technological age that we live in. I think that, you know, those kinds of things are certainly, uh, you know, going by the wayside. But this is not at all surprising. Um, but I, I, like you said earlier, I, I think that there's I mean, is it dumb for CBS to fire somebody like that? Probably. But is it good for Harridge to be fired by CBS and potentially move on to bigger and better things? Because I think that's probably it. And as much as I hate to agree with Megan McCain about almost anything, um, uh, it is uh, for sure old media is destroying itself. And frankly, as somebody who despises mainstream media uh, and the disgusting propaganda that they push, I love to see it. This makes me very happy. Now, listen, I don't like, it sucks that anybody loses their job. That's terrible, right? I don't like that 800 people just lost their job. That's uh, that's never fun. Um, but the, the idea that mainstream media is killing itself makes me, brings me a great deal of joy. I can't, can't happen enough. Um, I've said it many times and I will continue to say it. In my opinion, I think mainstream media in this country, Western media, um, is one of the biggest threats that we face. Every single war uh, that we get ourselves into, who lies us into it? Who pushes the propaganda for power? Mainstream media. Who lied to us about Russiagate and COVID and Ukraine and all of the other things that we have been lied to? Um, I mean, they lie every single day, all day long at the top of their lungs and they do it for money and they do it for power. And um, so I don't I, it doesn't bother me in any way, shape, form or fashion that CBS is dying. Uh, good riddance um, can't happen fast enough. But it, I do think it sucks that 800 people are losing their jobs. And listen, there's uh, I, I saw that um, it was interesting that you sent me the story because I was just reading uh, in Yahoo Finance earlier this week um, that they're the, um, Google, Paramount, Disney and others have already committed. They're already talking about job cuts in 2024. So we're going to continue to see these kinds of layoffs happen in media um, as 2024 progresses. And again, that's uh, not surprising if you're paying attention at all. People do not trust mainstream media with good cause. Uh, there, less and less people are tuning in. I think their demographic is skews very old. Um, and I think that the younger generations are turning to the internet and independent sources and alternative media uh, in droves. And so I think that this is we're going to continue to see this kind of stuff. So if you work in mainstream media, you might want to start um, evaluating your situation and potentially looking for alternative employment because uh, it doesn't look good for mainstream media, which again, brings me a great deal of joy. But what do you think about it, Adam? Yeah. Um, and also, I, I want to, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention at least some of the, the named people in the report to other reporters that you may have actually enjoyed watching on CBS. You'll be missing now. Uh, the others who were laid off on Tuesday included Christina Rufina, she is a political correspondent who had been featured on CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, CBS Mornings, and CBS Sunday Morning. So you probably got used to her. Well, she's gone. Uh, we also lost Pamela Falk, CBS News correspondent for the United Nations based in New York. And then I had brought, I mentioned Jeff Pegues. I, I can never say that guy's name the right way, but he uh, was the chief national affairs and justice correspondent uh, who had a bunch of HR complaints over alleged bullying of female coworkers. But that's another story. 
Uh, but yeah, um, I, I hope things go well for Catherine Harridge, that she finds uh, a new home and quickly, as well as all the other employees that were laid off, including the non-reporters, because 800 people losing their job, you know, that's that's pretty that rough in one day. Yeah, that's, that that's, sucks. That's, it doesn't matter. I, I will always, um, I love watching mainstream media destroy itself, but yeah, 800 people losing their jobs sucks, regardless. I don't care where, you, or where, where you're working at. That's terrible. Um, but yeah, and also shout out to uh, Catherine Harridge for um, uh, standing her ground and refusing to hand over her source uh, despite potential jail time. I, I love when journalists are able to do that. Um, and, you know, that's the job. So uh, uh, kudos to her. Hopefully she's able to find, I'm sure she will. I mean, she's a legend, right? I mean, I don't think she'll have any issue finding a job somewhere. I'm sure that somebody will take her in. Listen, if Chris Cuomo can get a job after getting fired, I'm sure Catherine Harridge can manage just fine. So uh, Adam, thanks for bringing us the story. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hang tight. Amber King right after this here on today's News Talk. TNT's Steve Malzberg. If a president could be prosecuted for things he did, which he believed and was advised by his lawyers, what, what was was the duty of the president to do. And then after the fact, after he's president, he could be prosecuted. The example has come up today many times. Well, when Joe Biden leaves office, he could be prosecuted for not securing the border. Barack Obama um, okayed drone strikes against American citizens overseas. He could be prosecuted for murder. I mean, this opens up a whole can of worms. Um, Pandora's box, I think, is the term that uh, that Trump used. Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk TNT. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. Uh, animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold. They're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent... Everywhere I could see was mud, just absolutely mud. You know, the country has been in prolonged for drought so long. It was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution, and we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into the unit, and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Okay. And around the world, for any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution, one rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. Are we on the air? Am I on the air? You're on the air. On the air 24-7, your news talk giant, TNT. All right. Before we bring our guests in, just a quick little message here. TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do. Uh, TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, no one in the world does what we do. Crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. Uh, in two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff, uh, fantastic lineup of uh, 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 producers and staff and all of that stuff. It's a critical time uh, and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda for mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. Uh, we are now appealing to you, to our many friends and supporters around the world to please go to tntradio.live. 
uh, and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission. Um, again, just go to tntradio.live. There's a donate button. Check that out uh, and help us continue to light the fuse for freedom. We appreciate it. Um, so our guest today is my pal, Amber King. Uh, Amber is a founding member of Moms Across America, March Against Monsanto Seattle, uh, Seattle for Assange, Roar Media, Alliance for Knowledge and Reason, uh, Alaska, and various other groups seeking food sovereignty and freedom. Amber is the host and executive producer of Brave New Future and the technocratic Panopticon sports shows on Roar Media, where she seeks to break the chains that bind us, expose the realities behind the NWO, and help the people prepare and organize to keep a free society at the end of late-stage capitalism on the brink of the automation age. Oh, it sounds exhausting, Amber. You're very busy. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for being here, my friend. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's yeah, lovely to course. finally get on with you. I know, right? I just—I was just talking to Andy about this. I'm like, I don't think she's been on before. I've had stand up many times. I've had Oz. I don't know why. I've never had. I, I don't think I have anyway. Have you been? Have you been on this show? I don't think so. Um, well, it's not. It's not because of you. It's because my uh, former former employment schedule did not allow me to break away during your showtime. Oh, so I have a new. That's position. right. So mm-hmm. I think I have asked you, and you were unable yes. to do it. That's what happened. Yeah. Okay. So now I've, I've now got I don't a feel so bad. Flexibility. Okay. <laughs> I was feeling very terrible. I'm like, I can't believe I haven't had her on yet. That is horrible of me. But that makes sense now. I Okay, at least I have asked. And it was not uh, uh, not me being rude. So I, I'm grateful for that. Okay, so um, before we jump into, uh, obviously, you're going to London next week to cover the, the Assange hearings. Um, and I obviously want to talk to you about that. But can you, um, I think Shanda's done this, but it's been a while since we've talked about it. Can you just tell us a little bit about Roar Media? Because I love what you guys do. Um, so tell us about what Roar Media is, and what you guys do over there. Yeah, for sure. So Roar Media is a small nonprofit based in the U.S. And we, I mean, honestly, from a from a page out of Julian's book, we we are choosing to organize in a female centered space um, as far as decisions and shows. Felt that a lot of uh, independent media was very male based and just wasn't highlighting the the true true conversations that needed to be had. So a little bit different uh, take on things. We're kind of, um, you know, everybody's independent, but yet we kind of come under that umbrella for education and um, really just sharing stories, getting out on the ground, um, supporting free speech. I think it's more critical than ever now, obviously. Um, You know, we talk politics, we talk conspiracy theories, we talk science, we talk technology, you know, we we have humorous, uh, sar- you know, very sarcastic shows. We have uh, guest interviews. It's really kind of whatever the people who are involved at the time want to bring to the channel. And then we also have our own independent um, channels that we're doing at the same time for our own our own branding. So it's kind of that um, place where you know maybe a new creator can come in and kick things off, um, get a little bit of you know belt under the ropes. A lot of it obviously was, it happened right before the, you know, and during the pandemic, we were actually part of the Bernie TV uh, 2016 and 2020 um, Appeal Media gang to start with. And then we just decided that with everything happening, we needed to kind of really form our own organization. So it's it's been a wild ride. We've, uh, I think we're coming up on year four or five now. I can't even can't even count. Um, Shanda's just been <laughs> killing it with her schedule. I'm a little bit more limited because I have actually two uh, other jobs that that you know pay the bills as a single mom. 
but we're able to have the conversations that we want to have from our perspectives. And that's what's most important. And, you know, especially trying to raise children through COVID and, you know, just all the other bullshit world, we really need to be able to, to have frank and candid conversations. So very much for free speech and kind of exposing the corruption, not only in mainstream media, but um, just in the world as a whole. Yeah. And I love that you guys do it uh, very female focused because you're right. I mean, what I remember when I first started watching independent media, it was literally all men. <laughs> like it was like a whole bunch of mostly white dudes. Right. And uh, over time, we've seen that uh, that shift dramatically. I mean, we have a ton of really incredible women now in the independent media space. Uh, people like yourself and Shanda and Sabrina Salvati from RBN and, uh, you know, Fiorella Isabel and a whole bunch of people. Uh, who are doing really incredible work. So um, yeah, I just really like that it, you, you made sure to take that approach and uh, and center female voices because uh, man, like 2015, 2014, 2015, it was like the humanist report and secular talk. And, you know, it was really about it there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just a bunch of yeah, dudes. It, so. was, it was like screaming into a void. And then if you were ever actually invited into any space, you just got clobbered and never got a word in. And, you know, so it was really about just changing that paradigm in general and having different conversations. You know, Shanda and I, you know, both relatively came from poverty and, um, you know, grew up in trailer parks. And, you know, we want to talk about rural communities. We want to talk about indigenous struggles. We want to talk about, you know, environmental challenges and how that affects our children. We want to talk about school lunch programs. We want to talk about, you know, world politics and national politics also. But we're we're coming at it from a different perspective, and yeah, I think and I really I love I love it. there are there are issues in independent media. Don't get me wrong, of course there are. But I love just in the short amount of time that I've been paying attention to independent media, maybe a decade or so, um, uh, the amount of growth that we have seen and the number of voices. Like I, it is impo- I don't have time to keep up with everybody, and that is a fantastic problem to have, right? Like there's no way I could possibly watch everyone's show, and I have to kind of cherry pick and pick and choose. Oh, this person had th- this guest on, and I would really like to. Hear Hear that and this person's talking about this issue. I re- and so you have to kind of cherry pick and pick and choose because there's just so many options available and there's so many people doing great work. And of course there are issues. And I have a lot of, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I have a lot of criticisms, obviously, of independent media in in some ways. But I think that the growth that we've seen and the the amount of voices that we now have um, is just so it's been really incredible to watch that. So okay, listen, we got to take a quick break. We're gonna get some headlines. Hang tight. We're gonna be back here on TNT. Now, TNT. Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Ukraine has shifted its military strategy from offensive to defensive operations, according to General Alexander Sirsky in an interview with German TV channel ZDF. Chief Justice John Roberts has requested the Justice Department to respond to former President Donald Trump's claim of presidential immunity regarding his January 6th case in Washington, D.C. Representative Elise Stefanik, known for her support of former President Donald Trump, has filed a bar complaint against New York Attorney General Letitia James. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 
365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. All right. We are here with my pal, Amber King from Roar Media. We're having a little chat here. Um, So, okay, you're going to be traveling to London next week to cover the Julian Assange hearings. Um, You've been involved in the Assange stuff for a long time now. Uh, In fact, you helped organize, um, I think, both the... um, I don't know, the F censorship, I'll clean it up for you, TNT, Uh, the F censorship and the um, uh, Clovers for Assange protests. Oh, God, that was years ago. I don't even remember what year that was. It was years ago. Was that 2020, maybe? I don't know. Um, It was 2020. Was it? I know it was like right around, it was like early COVID. So it had to have been because it was like March of uh, that year. So it was very early COVID because I remember everybody being mad at us for doing a super spreader event. (laughs) It was so silly. Um, So uh, how long, like what brought you into the Assange movement? What, I mean, obviously you've always been interested in free speech and things like that. I'm always curious what brings people to the Assange issue. Uh, Well, for me, I was always reading, reading the dumps. I was reading the WikiLeaks files from from the very beginning. I was just absolutely fascinated. And that would send me on these long tirades of, <laughs> you know, yeah. rabbit hole searching for information, trying to <laughs> collaborate and connect uh storylines. And for me, that was that was the most important. And then obviously, you know, what happened to him afterwards and you know, the shenanigans and the Ecuadorian embassy and uh, you know, it, the whole storyline is is just tragic and frustrating and upsetting as an American citizen. Um, but I've I've been fighting for, you know, like the justice warriors and free speech, um, you know, liberties since I was probably, probably since I was born. But first I can visibly remember is uh, we wrote letters to uh, George Bush when I was in elementary school. And I think like seven or eight years old. And my friends are all writing like, oh, what's the wallpaper on the White House look like? And I had hard hitting questions about Iran-Contra affair. <laughs> my, my teachers were even like, are you sure you want to send this? I was like, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, of course I do. And, yes. and the and crazy thing was like 10 years later, he actually came and visited our tiny little town of 3000 people in southeast Alaska. And I got to meet him. <laughs> and I asked him That's if he funny. read my letter. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah. And the Assange story, because I'm the, very similar to you, I uh, immediately was interested, intrigued. I was reading everything I could get. And yes, those rabbit, uh, those rabbit holes are um, exhausting, but also really enlightening. I mean, the just it, because listen, what WikiLeaks does, it's it's so different than anything else that other uh, journalistic outfits do that other um, journalists in general do um, because it's not really um, you know your typical journalism. It is the uh, the releasing of source documentation. So it's you kind of have to dig through things. You kind of have to read things for yourself and then kind of try to make those connections. And I think that WikiLeaks has done a good job of um, you know they kind of have the cover letter for each dump and they have hey the, this is what you're gonna you know get from these from these documents and things like that. So it kind of gives you some direction to go in. But there's just 
so much to be learned. And I've been saying this for a very long time, Amber. We are going to be learning. And obviously, WikiLeaks is not fully operational at this point. Um, you know, they're kind of busy trying to save Julian's life. So they haven't really been releasing anything. But just in what they've released over the course of their lifetime, we are going to be learning stuff from that for decades to come. There's going to be a story that happens in 10 years. And we're going to be able to go back to, you know, the uh, Iraq uh, war diary. And we're going to be able to um, make connections to the new story that we are uh, just learning about. And I think that that is, it's so in, uh, invaluable what they've offered. And it's so frustrating to me. And you mentioned that the storyline is just so tragic. It's also so, um, it's crazy, right? Like if you, like I find myself when I'm explaining it to people, it sounds like I'm describing like some awful Michael Bay movie, some terrible spy novel or something. You know what I mean? It, but it, it's, it's all uh, real. It's everything that's happening is so real. And it's, uh, it's just, it's insane to watch it play out in real time. Right. Well, and I think if you, if you read some of the the dumps that have happened and the, the files in there, then you understand how our state department works yeah. on a global scale. And that's, that's the bottom line is buck stops with us. We're funding this, we're paying for it. We are supposed to be the bastion of free speech and democracy the the lighthouse i believe mike pompeo likes to have his little speeches um but the reality is is can't be farther from the truth and it's it, it's up to us i i feel personally responsible as an american citizen to uh you know scream at every chance i can get that this is absolutely wrong and inhumane and must be stopped this is this is unacceptable behavior and i think our country as a whole is having a lot of band-aids ripped off in the last few years and we're kind of having that come to jesus moment of what what do we stand for and are we you know how how do we operate in this theater um that they've created it's such a there's so many dynamics to it and there's no clear answers and we're so powerless in the the impact and change and so it's left us with nothing but being obnoxious protesters and I will be that till the day I die. And, you know, I mean, I, it's funny. The last time I went to London was actually to go to the Monsanto tribunal, which I did in a whirlwind four days. And this trip is going to be very similar. And it's like, most people go to Europe for a vacation or, you know, to go see the sites. No, I'm, I'm going for very pointed reasons and I, I can't think of any other way I do it. Yeah. Well, yes. My husband gets really annoyed with me because I've been to D.C. I don't even know how many times at this point, And I have only seen the places where we have protested. <laughs> That's it. That's the only I've done no sightseeing. I've seen the White House, the uh, the British Embassy, um, uh, the Department of Justice, obviously, which right across the streets, the uh, FBI building uh, and then the surrounding areas to that. And then our Airbnbs. That's all I've ever seen. So, um, yeah, I totally relate to that. But yes. And I think that you're right. The, the Band-Aids being ripped off. And I, I think that you can it's almost palpable, right? Like you can feel. Um, because I've, I think that it's really difficult because once you realize that everything you thought you knew is a lie, like that's really heavy and you can feel that happening. You can feel people coming to those realizations. Um, you can see it, uh, you know, on social media, you can see those conversations being had. You can see people trying to contend with, as you just said, like who, like, who are we? Like, who are we really as a country? And I think that the answer people are getting 
um, is not one that they expected or uh, that they enjoy very much because, um, you know, it's uh, realizing that we are kind of the, not kind of, we are the problem. Uh, I think that that's a lot for people. And, um, you know, again, you can feel it, right? You And you can feel the shift happening. I don't know what that means. Um, I'm not smart enough to have the answers and as, as far as like where that leads us. But I think that it's super interesting to watch that shift happen. Um, and it's just, as you said, it's very frustrating. And yes, people get angry because, um, uh, you know, we are these annoying activists, right. And we're loud and we're obnoxious and we do all these things and we fundraise and we do protests and all of this stuff. But I'm, in my opinion, you have two options. You can either just lay down and die or you can fight. And I mean, I'm going to fight. Like, I don't know to what effect it will be, but I'm not really a lay down and like, you know what I mean? I'm not really the person who's just going to like kick back and not do anything about it. So uh, we're not left with a whole lot of options, but I think that the empire is certainly failing and um, I don't know what that means. It's going to suck for a whole lot of people for sure. But uh, yeah, I think that people are really struggling to come to terms with who the United States actually is. And we've been lied to quite a bit. And I think people have been under the impression that we are something that we're not. Uh, and that's really heavy for a lot of people. So let's take a quick break. We're going to uh, be right back here on today's News Talk. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Joe Biden is fortunate that Pinocchio is a children's story and not reality, for if it were, his nose would be so long it would stretch not to the moon, not to Mars, not even to Jupiter, but to Pluto and back. Joe's been an inveterate liar his entire life. He lies as though lies were the very oxygen he needs to survive. And now he's told the biggest lie of all, that until November, Americans will know that the border is open because of Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. No, Joe, the border is open because the people that are running you want a permanent Democrat governing majority, and they think that this is the way to get it. It's not. We're going to put an end to all of this. And as the president promised, we're going to see the most amazing, and massive deportation effort in American history. We want immigration, but you gotta come here legally. If you're here illegally, there's the door, and out the door you go. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. Most people are unaware that bad bacteria can grow quickly in food that's stored, prepped, or cooked incorrectly, and that can lead to food poisoning. To avoid bad bacteria, always make sure your hands and cooking utensils are clean. Keep raw meat and chicken away from food that won't be cooked. Run your fridge at or below 5 degrees Celsius and use a meat thermometer to ensure your meat's being cooked to at least 75 degrees Celsius. For more tips on keeping bad bacteria at bay, visit foodsafety.asn.au. This is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we're here with Amber King. We're talking about the Julian Assange hearings, which are taking place next week, uh, February 20th and 21st in London at the Royal Court of Justice. And I use the term justice incredibly loosely here. Um, if you are in the area, if you're in London or you're, you can make it to London, um, I think the plan is to meet outside the court. Uh, if you are uh, interested in protesting outside the court um, at 8.30 a.m. Um, I just had Gabriel Shipton on the show recently. I asked him if Julian was going to be permitted to attend in person. He has apparently um, submitted a request to attend in person. Uh, Gabriel had not heard back whether or not he was actually going to be permitted to. It is Amber. It is insane to me that he has to request permission 
to attend his own hearings. That is insane, Amber. That is insane. That is insane. Right? Insane. It's a different style of justice in a different country. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> Belmarsh is a different type of prison than others. Uh, I'll say that on top of it. And that's coming from here in the U.S. that has the, you know, most egregious penal system in the entire world. Um, you know, I don't know what they're thinking. I can't fit them under my dress, but I try, you know. I mean, but it's just... <laughs> It's just kind of ridiculous. It's, it just shows how much they don't want him to see the light of day. And yeah. honestly, I think that's also why they also will not want him on American soil as well, because yes. it's going to be a ruckus. It's going to be happening at the same time Hunter Biden would be on trial and Donald Trump possibly. And I don't think uh, any of the Commonwealth states near dc are prepared for that or would like that big of a mess on their doorstep also so, during an election year yes they don't especially want that in my opinion year. yeah in my opinion i've been saying that that's my position is that this is almost certainly i think that the request for this is just my opinion come for me or don't this is just what i think is likely to happen the request for appeal is almost certainly going to be accepted they're going to drag that out for as long as possible the appeal there's going to be a whole other appeals process um, and they're going to, again, the, we know that this is the plan. Uh, Julian Assange himself, through WikiLeaks, released the Stratford files, which showed a conversation that was being held of how they were going to deal with their Assange problem. And one of the ways that they came up with was, we'll just tie him up in uh, legal stuff for the next 25 years. So there's no question. Uh, they, I don't think that they ever really wanted to bring him here. I think they were just hoping to break him. Um, and uh, you mentioned that you don't think that they want him to see the light of day. Frankly, I don't want they, I don't think that they want us to see him it's so much easier to dehumanize him if we cannot see him physically you know what i mean like i think that that's a a tactic that they've been using for years now we have not had any visual um sighting of him other than a couple of leaked photos from uh, uh one of the hearings um since very shortly after he was arrested there was those uh famous photos from inside the the prison van uh and that's really yeah. the last physical sighting that we've had of him well, and you saw what the Australian Parliament did today regarding they, you know, what I think there was looked like about eight people there, but you know, it was overwhelmingly they voted for calling for an end to to this extradition proceeding. So, you know, hopefully they have a little more sway. Um, but considering the political climate right now, it's hard to hard to tell um which way the wind will blow. But at least if his own country can, you know, really stand up for him and be assertive that would certainly be more helpful um you know i know a delegation of them came to the u.s several months ago and petitioned we've got the um house bill right now hr 934 which i actually was writing letters this morning uh i'm gonna if you're an american citizen i would highly resist going to resist.bot it gives you a bunch of different ways it takes about two minutes you can write a personalized letter and have it sent to your representatives. And I plan on doing that every single day. I also have done things like send CRAN faxes from my children regarding the situation. And, you know, when we were protesting in LA several years ago, um, you know, that was one of my, my youngest daughter actually got up and spoke and she's like, Julian has been that. in prison my entire life, mm -hmm. my entire life. So a lot of what we've been doing at Roar Media is trying to educate and especially with the public and, 
you know, I worked with Seattle for Assange and I've seen the tide shift. I've seen the public yes. tide shift. This was a liberal kind of wing nutty tech problem when it started. And now it's blown. People have are in very much support of understanding our amendment rights are under attack at all levels. And Julia represents our first amendment. So that that has got to be upheld. We've got to stop these types of behaviors and witch hunts around the country, around the globe. And we also have to start protecting whistleblowers. I think that's another big piece of this. And especially going through like January 6th and COVID and moving into topics like pre-crime, we have got to get a better handle on on the machine that is this yes. doing this. And that's what, you know, why I have my Panopticon um, show is because I want to be able to tell that story of how they are using technology to enslave us in, in a variety of different ways, most of it digital. And if you can't take the lessons of WikiLeaks and learn how your data is being used, you know, and how you're being manipulated through information and media, we, we, are really going to be in a scary place in a very few number of years. I think we're already there. <laughs> Frankly, I think we're already there. I, it's terrifying watching the stuff that's happening. And you're absolutely right. Um, and people, uh, again, get angry at me, I think just because I'm loud. But um, in my opinion, uh, this is the most important fight that we are facing right now. It doesn't matter what you care about. It doesn't matter if you care about freeing Palestine. It doesn't matter if you care about the environment. It doesn't care if you, it doesn't matter if you care about education or anything. It doesn't matter if you cannot speak, you cannot fight. And that is so basic to me, but it's, it seems as if people are unable to wrap their heads around it. And I realize there's been a lot of effort put into muddying the waters on this issue. They've tried very desperately to make it about things that it's really not about. It's about, you know, Julian smeared poop on the walls or doesn't take care of his cat or, you know, whatever, all of the ridiculous things that they've leveled against him. Um, and you're right, but you are so right. Watching the momentum shift over the past um, really, once he was arrested, I think that was when it became a kidnapped, really. That was when it became the shift became very obvious to me. It, it, I immediately started noticing an uptick of support and it has only gotten bigger and bigger and bigger as the years have gone on. Um, and it, it's unfortunate that it's taking this long. I mean, dude has been in prison now for nearly five years that's insane to me. This is a guy who has no history of violence. He's a journalist. He's an intellectual. Um, and the only thing that he did was publish truthful information. And he has been held in a maximum security prison, the Guantanamo of the UK, for almost five years. That is mind-blowing to me that they are so effective in their... Um, they're confused, confusing, confusing the issue that people it's happening in broad daylight. No, and nobody cares. It seems like, although again, the momentum has definitely shifted. As you mentioned, we had the, uh, uh the DC six from Australia come and have uh, meetings with different members of Congress. That was incredibly effective out of that came. Um, there were the two letters, bipartisan letters, which I'm not a big fan of strongly worded letters, but just the idea that there were members of Congress who were willing to sign a letter in support of Julian Assange 
is was amazing. And now, as you mentioned, there's also House Resolution 934, which is a piece of bipartisan uh, legislation um, to end the extradition requests for Julian Assange and to protect journalistic activity, which is major. Um, and uh, the <laughs> Amber, if you would have told me that Marjorie Taylor Greene and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez were going to sign on to the same piece of legislation, I would have never believed you. But here we are, right? It's crazy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So I'm, you know, I'm going to be focusing, of course, on uh, our local Pramila Jayapal, who is on the um, committee member for uh, judicial, the judicial committee and the House. And that's really, you know, that's step. And there hasn't been a lot of activity. So we, you know, there's a lot of different um, ways in which we're trying to get this information out again. I have very little faith in our uh, elected officials and the processes at B. However, we will still turn those keys. And and that's the thing. Like, we're not just protesters screaming into the void microphone. We've done the inside work. We've done lobbying. We've done the actual work that it should take to make an effect change. However, this is such a third rail that nobody wants to touch it. And they'll turn around and keep giving you talking points. But now we've got a whole bunch of Republicans who magically have seen the light of what happens when we don't have free speech. Yeah. And and they're getting the pressure from their constituents that this is not acceptable. So we just need to keep the pressure on. We need to keep educating people about the story, about the truth. I'm, I'm hoping as the tail end to this trip that we'll have some type of uh, event in Seattle, more of a kind of like a presser and an educational event for people to come learn about Vault 7. You know, the the release on that on, on March 7th during an election year as insane as it is in 2024 is a very, very important conversation to be had. And it's a real, you know, ground, there was a lot of groundbreaking information and we keep getting into the like psyop loop and the narrative counter narrative and you know especially seeing where we're at globally in the world like we have we have a lot of work to do and if we cannot talk about it if we cannot publish it if we cannot protect the people who tell the truth when the people we pay are spending our money on lies we've got a big problem and yes everybody around the globe is getting really sick of this Yes, 100%. And uh, I'm glad you brought up Vault 7 because you're right. Um, It's so frustrating to me to watch the way that the focus has had, I mean, essentially it's had to be put on Julian Assange, the human being, because his life is very much at risk. His health has been deteriorating for some time now. Um, He's facing 175 years in prison. Obviously that is, uh, it has to be kind of the first thing that we talk about. But in that process, all of the information that was revealed by WikiLeaks is getting lost, right? And Vault 7, as you mentioned, was a massive. And I always like to tell people about Vault 7 because obviously all of the leaks are important. But to me, I think that one really speaks to who Julian Assange is because he was already years into illegal and arbitrary detention at the Ecuadorian embassy. He knew he was public enemy number one of the most powerful people on planet Earth. uh, And he published Vault Seven, Amber, (laughs) the largest CIA leak in history from the Ecuadorian embassy. He's like, yeah, I know they're going to come for me, but, uh, you know, I I have to publish. I don't think I have that kind of courage. I would like to think that I do. I don't think that I do. Um, And I think that that just really speaks to who he is and that he uh, was not going to be swayed away from 
uh, you know, here's this information. It's been given to me. I verified it. It's authentic. It's in the public interest. I have to publish it. Um, and I think that that is just unbelievably impressive. And Vault 7, as you mentioned, there's so much in Vault 7. I mean, we could talk about Vault 7. I could do a month's worth of shows on Vault right. 7 and still not get through it all. It's insane the amount of information. Terrifying information <laughs> included yeah. in Vault 7. And and especially, like I said, during, you know, everybody was really wrapped up in politics at that time where we thought we were impacting change. And, you know, I, I think probably Julian was in the same boat. Like, he, this is going to change the course of this. I've got to get it out. I mean, I can't, I can't, knowing what's in there, I can't not think that that's what he was thinking also, that this is too important in in that change factor that we've got to get this taken care of. And it's amazing to me the the flip we've seen in politics in the United States and the lack of faith now 90% of the country has in the process that we created to hold these, you know, hold the truth self-evident. And again, you know, just sending another aid package over to Ukraine. And, you know, oh. I mean, it's just like, it's turning into such a clown show. And yes. I, they're just not supported and our country is in such dire need of so many other services, things, you know, the people are suffering. And yet we're still sending around the globe the 57 Chevy and the Coca-Cola Stepford Wives outlook to people thinking, come here, it's going to be great. Right. And it's it's nothing but healthcare disaster and suffering in this country. Yes. And I just ranted about this yesterday because uh, the stupid nine, what is it, $91 billion bill that they just got through the House and now has moved on to the Senate um, to send, I think, 60 some odd million dollars to Ukraine and like 16 or 17, I'm sorry, billion uh, to uh, Israel to continue to slaughter Palestinians. And there's money going to Taiwan because why not continue to poke uh, China? That'll be fun. Uh, it's not like we're not engaged in enough chaos. Uh, and it's so frustrating to me because you're right. There's we have y'all look around. We have a lot of issues <laughs> in this country. Like we, we don't have any business uh, being involved in other countries affairs. We have no business sending billions of dollars to fund wars in other countries. It is beyond my ability to comprehend why anyone would be okay with that situation. And yet here we are. And it's just so uh, it's just really frustrating. It's really frustrating. Our economy is built on chaos and death and destruction. Uh, the people of Lahaina are still in ashes. The people of East Palestine, Ohio are still struggling with the train derailment. Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. Our education system. I just ranted about this yesterday. I could rant about it every day. It makes me so angry, uh, the way that we conduct ourselves and the way that we, um, you know, we think that we're the world's babysitter and there are people in this country, there are veterans sleeping on the street. There are kids going to bed hungry and we're sending $91 billion to other countries to blow people up for profit. Really? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just it, so it's frustrating. A, it's a controlled demolition from what I can yes. tell. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting right, right across from the event happening in London's at the, in front of the courthouse, it is called The Stand. And right across from it is the Royal Theater. And next to it is King where the creator of the term Panopticon came from, where it was a singular person that was going to be standing in the middle of a prison and have an all-seeing eye and be able to watch and monitor everything around him. And he is actually like stuffed 
in the building in King's College in the middle of the entrance with a webcam inside, like implanted into his corneas. Um, it just it's the symbol the symbolism is just kind of astounding. Yeah. And and we've got this situation where we have used the you know NATO's and WHO and all all of the world, you know, peacekeeping and um all of those different entities and we have just manipulated it. And what's happening at our southern border is nothing but building a new army. That yes. is that is the only thing that seems to be what's happening, and it's being paid and fund for by the same people that are keeping this war machine going. And you know, talking about how to end war and conflict on this planet was so close to Julian. And you know, yes, anybody who who realizes the devastation and horror of war and where it's gone in the last, you know, it's like it's like looking at the difference between World War One. And the Vietnam War, you know, like yeah. as far as technology change and the amount of death oh, yeah. and chaos. It's, yes, it's yes, really and scary. it's only going to continue to get worse. And that's why um, it's uh, we have to stop getting distracted by all of the fluff and start really getting focused on uh, the things that are going on. So, Amber, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you taking the time. Have a great time in London. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now, and don't go anywhere. Timothy Shays right after this here on today's News Talk. <laughs> 